He First word that comes to mind is shagging, bonk, rooting, <laughs> procreation, the ins and outs of sex. <laughs> Welcome, I'm Melody Thomas, and this is Bang, but not as you know it. What you're about to hear is a bonus episode. This was recorded in Auckland alongside some of my favourite fellow podcast makers. Alex Casey, Michelle Acourt and Leonie Hayden make a podcast called On The Rag Through The Spin-Off. And in their podcast, they tackle the month in news and popular culture relevant to women. A while back, I shared a stage with Michelle for the Writers and Readers program, and afterwards, I asked if she and her mates might want to come and talk to me about sex. She said no. (laughs) After that, we walked together back towards her hotel, and somehow, over 10 minutes, she went from very definitely not talking about sex to sharing a couple of really intimate and very funny personal stories, and agreeing to record a longer conversation if Alex and Leonie said yes. So that's how I came to be sitting in a studio at RNZ headquarters in Auckland as a guest come host inside one of my favourite podcasts. So you know what to expect. This episode follows the format of On The Rag. So it's really relaxed and conversational and not the edited production that Bang is. Also, because the subject matter is sex, there is some frank language and also, in this edition, some swear words. Let's get into it. This is Bang Meets On The Rag with me, Melody Thomas, and Alex Casey, Michelle Acourt, and Leonie Hayden. I started by asking them if they were nervous. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Look, a few sleepless nights. I've had a few, like, listing bullet points of, like, do not talk about that. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> Have you warned or will you warn, like, any family members or any? I will just not uh, tell any family mm. members that I have been involved in this in any way. I will deny any to the ends of the earth. And you, like most people I talk to for this podcast, are anonymous. Like their voices might be recognised, but you obviously have all come here very much. Right, so people are going to stop us in the mall and go, yeah. so the masturbation thing, that was <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to start there? No. <laughs> No, I don't. (laughs) We are going to start at the beginning, though, because we're going to start with what I've termed it's such an unsexy term, sexual awakenings. Do you want to, whoever wants to answer, or you could take turns, tell me when that started for you? Oh. (laughs) Go on. What what have you remembered? So I can remember, this is prepubescent, discovering that I could... Pleasure myself. Um, I said it now. Yeah, I said it now. It's out there. Yeah. And it was, I was um, sunbathing on a a fabric sun lounger in the back garden. (laughs) And it felt really nice. And I didn't know what it was, but it was lovely. Okay. There we go. It's a very romantic scene. Like, it doesn't feel nice in a film. Treat yourself. I was like, imagine all like tanned long limbs and like a sort of a flowery seventies. Sure. I've never had long limbs at any point <laughs> right, ever. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, no, in the sunshine in the back garden. Mm. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful way for that to awaken. Yeah, 
Yeah, probably is actually. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, yours is beautiful. Is that? I'm trying to think about. I remember sort of when I found out that sex was something that existed. When I found, and it's the weirdest thing because it's an instructional book, the "Where Did I Come From" mm. book, but it was <laughs> buried in a in a sh- like a garden shed on the second level of this two-story weird shed in amongst jars of like pickled lizards and stuff. It sounds like a surreal, yeah, like a nightmare. Did you grow up? <laughs> white it up in New Zealand. Did pickled you? lizards galore. <laughs> and I remember finding this sort of dusty book and, and like blowing the dust off it and being like, what the How old are you? So we can picture a little Alex. I would have been probably like, like seven or something, like quite really young. And I remember sort of that as the, that would be the, my foundation text. But that's like a pretty like uh, uh, sanitary text. Yes, it is. It could have been given to me by my parent yeah. really easily, not left in the sort of Indiana Jones style challenge. <laughs> Never ending story. Where I had to kind of unearth it. It sounds like the kind of place you usually would find dad's porn stash. Yeah. Well, I reckon they were there somewhere as well. <laughs> but it seems weird because it's not a very openly sexy the, book. The youngest sibling. Yes. So it had been used as a text for older siblings and then put away until you were going to be old enough? Possibly. Or hidden Possibly. by one of the older siblings. I think it was hidden in a porny way. Like, of embarrassment yeah. after they read it. No one shall read this again. Yeah, I'll put it under the lizards. No one will touch those. <laughs> it was really weird. But they do say like puberty-esque hormones start around age eight. Like I always imagined it as being like an 11, 12 when you start to get the boobs or the period yeah. kind of thing. But it is earlier. So that was maybe yeah. good timing then to find that about yeah. seven-ish. So your guys' ones sort of sound like these interesting movie biopic <laughs> moments, whereas mine was just boinking dolls with my friend. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it was just like our our toy role-playing at that age sort of went from making houses and going on adventures together to this is a boy doll, this is a girl doll, now they're on top of each other. For some reason, the boy's name was always Andrew. I think we had it in our mind that that was, like, the coolest boy's name possible. I don't know why. <laughs> and the girl's name was always Roxanne. Because, I mean, that yeah. is that is Red the light. coolest girl's <laughs> That's name. That's a very sexy name. I was going to change my name to Roxanne for a long time. But, yeah, it was just here are two dolls going at it without really much thought further... I just don't remember thinking that would be me one day. There was just sort of some kind of impetus to make the dolls have sex with each other. I remember putting Ken and Barbie in that rough arrangement. So so can I just stop here? So you two have just told stories about how you discovered what sex was, and I revealed pleasuring myself. (laughs) You set your own benchmark. We don't necessarily have to meet it. How much meet it? Back to the beginning. It was start somewhere. So I didn't want to cut Andrew out of the story, <laughs> so I had to start. Well, you you guys could fast forward now if you want to, though, to like first experiences. If there's any that you did want to want to talk about at all, I mean, sometimes they can be not great, so you don't have to. Yeah. I continued on my pleasuring journey for a long time. I put off having sex for a long time. It, you know, like consciously decided not to. Why? Uh, because I don't... Why didn't I? I was... He, this is a story that I might have told on, on the reg sometime, but 
on when I was 17 and I was being driven to from Levin to Wellington to go to Victoria University. My mother stopped at the bookshop in Paraparalmu and bought me a stack of books which included the Height Report, which is about female sexuality, and it's, re- it's fantastic. And, yeah, so I was I think I was doing my own research. Yeah. They were, it was a fantastic book to have mm. as a young woman because it told you so much about female pleasure. So my approach was always about, has always been about female pleasure, not about mm. pleasuring men. Yeah. At 17, that would be a, quite late for a lot of people, yeah, I probably. imagine. Yeah, yeah. But I, up until then, I was living that. in Levin, and I didn't want to uh, shag any boys there. <laughs> yeah, I was quite happy. I'm a sun lounger. <laughs> what about, um, like, celebrity crushes and... and because for me it was all, well, as a teenager it was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, even as a young lion in The Lion King, which is still to this day confusing for me because I'm slightly more attracted to their, like, child lion than the grown-up lion. What about the Matthew Broderick teenager, though? Who's the Matthew Broderick Somewhere teenager? Somewhere in between. Is that what, is that what grown is? when he, like, he matures during a Hakuna Matata. There's, like, a moment. <laughs> yeah, okay. And that's when I was like, hello. Yeah, okay. There's a hot lion. <laughs> Because, in fact, I think you can elaborate on this, Alex, because this, that's not your only, like... Well, this is weird. When you sent the thing sort of saying, what were your sort of, your teenage crushes, you sort of like, oh, not teenage, no, look, pre... I got onto humans as a teenager, let's just put it that way. <laughs> but as a kid, and maybe it's just because of, like, kids' films, but I had, like, so many crushes, like, yes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas but only as Pinocchio. <laughs> Is that like yeah. an animation? Then there's a live action where yeah. he's like, voices this wooden Pinocchio. And uh, maybe it's like prosthetic. <laughs> Robin Williams as Bicentennial Man is another one. Wow. <laughs> Not in human form. <laughs> and then the other one, which really kind of freaked me out. Oh, I mentioned the main ant from Ants. Yeah, or, well, you sent a photo of him waving. And I think it's not its not the actual <laughs> physicality you're connecting to. But he does have quite a, like, a ripped body, I noticed. <laughs> He's got a sexy little ant bod, for sure. <laughs> but I think it's, like, the voices, and it's also sort of keeping a distance. I was trying to sort of dissect it in my head to be like, that's really odd. But I think it's, like it's kind of putting up a, a, a boundary where it's not as scary because you're like, oh, it's yeah. kind of an imaginary thing. It's a yeah. safe way to explore um, that stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jim Carrey as the Grinch was maybe my worst. My worst oh, I suddenly one. lost a little bit of respect <laughs> My <laughs> worst one. I'm, sorry. Like, I'm not proud of it. Okay. Luckily, yeah. you know, this isn't going anywhere. These mics aren't on, right? The hat wants <laughs> what the hat wants. So when you dress up as Cindy Lou Who for that Christmas party, we had this. There some thoughts there. <laughs> no. playing going on there. <laughs> but yeah, it was really strange. I sort of, Simba was probably yeah. kind of the main one. I guess it's the, the how Disney also just intensely personifies animals. Yeah in a way that's weird. but um, And then I moved on to, you know, the bridging gap between sort of uh, strange robots and mythical Dr. Seuss characters was Kevin Bacon in Hollow Man. <laughs> Where he's like half an invisible man, <laughs> half a real man. You're still doing the safe thing, right? He's half invisible. Exactly. exactly. I was like, so it's fine. I still have to deal with it. <laughs> And that was also the first time that I saw, like, I think an explicit sex scene was Hollow Man in 2000, and I was, I would have been nine. Remember I watched it in the Ridges Hotel in Rotorua where you, like, pay for a movie. But it wasn't, like, a porn movie. It was just a normal scary movie. But or was it? My mum was asleep behind me, and I was just like, oh, 
what am I saying? Kevin Bacon, Hollow Man. You see when there's like... So the plot of Hollow Man is he's like this mad scientist who makes himself invisible, but you can see him on like thermal cameras. And there was a first time I saw like the thermo penis of Kevin Bacon. Wow, Kevin And I was Bacon. just like... Have there been more times? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a first of many times. <laughs> oh I was my like, God. oh my God, thermo pain. And there was a sex scene. I was just like, this is crazy. And I was nine, I think. Wow. It was, it was an R15 as well, so it was, like, not allowed. Yeah. They're in the pickled lizards. I am just <laughs> it's amazing. amazing. It's not normal. It's quite impressive that you're as normal as you are. Yeah. <laughs> and but then like, we go on to, like, boys and bands and all that sort of thing. Came it's often the normal but... ones, though. They have the real kinky stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Leonie? Well, I share one, I think, with you, Melody, that you had mentioned, um, oh. and that was Dave, um, David Bowie and The Labyrinth, mm-hmm. yes, which yes, was yes. my all-time favourite film from when it came out till when I was about okay, 25, to be honest. <laughs> um, and the VHS copy at the local video store, the scene where he... The ball gown one? ...dances oh. in the ballroom with um, Jennifer Connelly's character. My best friend and I destroyed that part of the VHS. Like, I still... <laughs> Remember how it went fuzzy during that scene because we would just obsessively rewind and watch and rewind and watch. What is? I've th- tried to think about what it is about that scene. Have you thought about what? Because it's I like I imagine it, that scene and I'm like get so many feelings now. I just tie it honestly to to my daddy issues. I really do. They're, in, <laughs> they're inextricable as far as I'm concerned. And I've thought about it a lot. Okay, just <laughs> like the older guy sort of swooping in and putting you in a pretty dress and telling you what's good for you. And don't get me wrong, the fact that she resists that is also super appealing. There is. But that's not the was. sexy bit. Yeah. The sexy bit is sexy David Bowie taking control yeah. and being like, you will want me. He says, um, let me <laughs> let me rule you and I'll, I will be your slave. Oh. And I, that's like, exactly, and I just remember at a very young age, that line was just like, it did something to me. So it was the words as well as him, incredibly well written, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he was like my first, like, zing. Yeah, same. Same, yeah. I've, I've, and you brought it all back. And yeah. was my dress. second zing. Was right. he? Who was yeah. your first zing? David Cassidy. Oh. I know, because I'm older. Um, so the Partridge family. Um, and it was, I was, I'm so clear about the th- first three um, celebrity crushes. So David Cassidy, then David Bowie, which was actually from Aladdin Sane rather than from a movie, and then Alan Rickman. And it's it's their yes. teeth. I have this thing for that. They've all got the same kind of, especially Bowie and Rickman, they've got prominent eye teeth and there's something. Yeah. I, so I'm quite hot for vampires. Are you? Yeah. So it's that. It's yeah. the pointy teeth. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, I've, been all, I've gotten all flustered over Bowie. Bowie's <laughs> <laughs> in the room with us now. <laughs> um, so, and then, we, of course, we probably all moved on to, there was definitely... Musicians, boy bandy things. I was convinced, like, I was going to marry Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy. And it's the weirdest thing because you, like, have this fan girl relationship. And I'm a rational person now, I think. (laughs) I'm in a long term relationship. But when I went to see them two weeks ago and he came out, I was still like, there's still a chance. Like, I was just (laughs) like, there is still a chance that we could actually make this work. In that parallel universe. In that, yeah. And then I went home and I was like, don't think about it, don't think about it. I was like, I'm thinking about it. There's flexible arrangements these days within monogamy. That's it's true. true. It's true. And because that is the only hurdle. Yeah. It's just the relationship. Apart <laughs> yeah. from that, he, yeah. he was up for it. It was just like, oh, I'm not in a relationship. So. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, it's funny that you can't shake those sorts of really deep-rooted uh, desires yeah. for people that are just never going to even look at you, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it becomes part of your DNA when it's that time in your life. Yeah. Um, what about, I'm not, like, however much you want to talk about it, but actually when you start, I mean, you've kind of touched on it, but when you start actually exploring with, I guess, with other people. One of my, like, in my first handful of first, like, sexual experiences, I had this really formative moment where the the guy I was in, with made a comment about my facial expression, about the, the face I was making while we were doing whatever it was we were doing. Mm. And it had such a long-lasting effect on me like I basically from that moment forward wow was like do not express (gasps) anything because then they'll have that over you and I really if I could like I mean there's all sorts of things about your life that you could change but one thing I would love to change is to just be able to tell myself just fuck that you know fuck that guy and you just don't know that when you're that age like I'd like to go back and I'd like to start it all over again the same way that Michelle did and be like this is about me Mm. because I didn't get the message about that and it's not just because of that experience but it was definitely a major part of it I didn't get that message that it's about me for another 15 odd years yeah Yeah. same yeah Mm. and so I just that that one moment it took like 10 seconds of like a guy wasn't even really mm. that into and that just like led me down a rabbit hole of having my entire self-esteem tied up with whether or not guys wanted to sleep with me but you can't look like you're too into it but meanwhile I was like doing it with just like everyone but you're not allowed to see so it wasn't empowering did you think it was empowering at the time because my experience was quite similar and at the time I was like I'm like like my friends and I thought we were empowered because we were going out and taking this thing we thought we wanted. Was it similar or? I wish, you know, I, I wish there had been even an element of me telling myself. Even false empowerment. Yeah, even false empowerment would have been better than just this intrinsic belief that, like, you're only sort of worth something if a guy wants to sleep with you. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, that guy that... My fucking facial expression. Oh, I wish I could tell yeah, that guy I to get fucked, you know? Because so it's like, much. have you seen what you do with your face, you know? like, <laughs> And I feel like the weird kind of things you do with your face are like, like they, they're kind of, they're kind of hot because you're in this animal oh, realm where you're out of control. And yeah, seeing somebody not able to, not putting a face, presenting a face, yeah, and just being in the moment mm. is really sexy and really powerful. I'm sorry, we all yeah. want to beat him up. I hate yeah. him. I, after this, I hope can he we listens to this and he wanna... feels really bad. Yeah. Um, what about you guys? I just think I was like a very late bloomer and I put it like, I don't know, I was just very kind of uncomfortable about all that stuff. So a lot of my, I was went to an all girls school. I had all female friends. I just didn't really, didn't like date or anything as a teenager. So it all came down to house parties or sneak, you know, sneaking out, going out um, to town and stuff. Dances? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of it, when I consider like what my first sort of interactions would be, they were all like real just being grabbed and sort of that sort of thing. And I don't know if that even counts because I wasn't yeah. really complicit in it. <laughs> when someone does the choo-choo train up behind you on a dance floor yeah. and it's meant to be like a, a come on, just like yeah. some random guy's pelvis all of a sudden touching your butt. Yeah. And I think about the way that we used, that was almost like a currency, like that was like, oh, I'm doing it right or like I'm... This is what we're supposed to do. It's just this nameless face, with amorphous, like, <laughs> hollow man <laughs> coming up. 
like <laughs> just to grind behind you. Yeah. And I was like, is this sex? <laughs> is this what? Because <laughs> this is weird if this is it. And how does this become boyfriend and girlfriend? You know, like mm. I had a real disconnect for a long time because I didn't get that kind of social dating aspect. I went straight into the like hazy, drunken, whatever. But yeah, I feel like I wouldn't even want to claim a lot of the things that kind of happened to me as, as my own, which is sad. Yeah. It was all just kind of drunken mess of a situation. But I just didn't even think it was bad at the time. Like, it was oh, almost yeah. that sort of weird, I was like, oh, I got I got grabbed, you know? Like, which is so strange to think about now as sort of like a feather in your cap of, like, I achieved something. Mm. Like, I'm more like of a woman. It's, it's really gross. Yeah, you were powerful enough to make somebody want to grab you. Yeah. So... Did you, when it came time, and, and you can not answer this, or Michelle can barrel in if she wants to, but yeah. when, it came time, when it came time for you to be complicit in these things, did you feel like you could be in control? Yeah. yeah. And I think that was kind of the, the trade-off is that I did, I did wait, which might have put a lot of weight on those first sort of experiences because I was like, wow, what was I waiting for if I'm just going to go... You know, like faff, faff around on the on the ground <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, and I know that's not necessarily conventional, but yeah, I really wanted to kind of make sure that it wasn't going to be just a, a grab and a, a weird sort of thing for me personally. Um, yeah, so it did mean like I spent a lot of my teens sort of being the one who was sort of just sitting in the corner <laughs> when everyone else is talking about all of that sort of stuff. But I feel okay with it now. I'm like, mm. it was fine for me. Mm. Um, I'm glad I'm glad that I did it the way that I did it, but I know that that's not the same for everyone else. Yeah, and I just wish I hadn't felt so embarrassed for so long mm. that I wasn't, like, the same as all my friends when I was, like, 15, 16. You know? Yeah. And having friends to talk about this stuff with would make a big difference, but I don't know if any of you had... Did you feel like you had friends you could really openly discuss this stuff with? I certainly do now. Mm. I, I don't think I did when I needed to most because I still, I think, had this idea that these things are meant to sort of be personal and maybe I was doing it wrong. So who the hell would want to discuss that with someone, you know? Like mm. I don't mm. I don't want someone to know how bad I am at, at doing this right and respecting myself and being hot or not being hot. I, you know, you don't necessarily want to expose yourself like that. But I think I got to where I am today by having those conversations with my good friends. Mm. And actually a handful of guys I've had really, of my, of my male friends I've had really illuminating conversations with as well when you sort of realise that a lot of those fears and insecurities are also shared by the other genders and it's not mm. just you that's all sort of like men are scary or whatever. It's like they're actually, some of them are just as terrified. Oh, I, yeah, I <laughs> think men quite under the surface have no idea if they're doing stuff right. Yeah. They're just sort of barreling on through, hoping that it looks like it looks on the box. <laughs> yeah, well, no, especially now, now, I'd say, with porn being yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And I, wor- I worry a lot about, well, obviously I worry about young girls, but about boys mimicking what they're saying. Yeah, learning sex from porn. Mm. As opposed to learning it from the height report. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so much better, <laughs> people. Do Less, is it, how do we make that appealing to yeah. I have no idea. Boys. Maybe if somebody did it as a graphic novel. To have a yeah. naked lady kind of dancing yeah. next to it. Yeah. Something. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, great. In the learning journey, that's another terrible term, but between, <laughs> you know, first exploring yourself on a deck chair or discovering a book. Sounder. <laughs> deck chair. That makes it sound weird. You made it sound weird. Because <laughs> on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and now is obviously very sexually liberated, amazing women. Were there any hilarious, like more funny and less scarring and traumatic <laughs> moments along the way? I know Michelle has one because she, after telling me she didn't want to talk about sex, told me this as well. On I just spell. I just spell. Milking journey. Should I tell that one? Yeah, go on. Yeah, okay. So all I'll say is that if you are lying in bed of a Sunday morning and your partner says that they're going to get up and make grilled cheese on toast and bring it back to bed and they sprinkle the grilled cheese on toast with cayenne pepper, that you should probably check that they've washed their hands after making the cheese on toast before anything else goes on. If that scenario eventuates, I can tell you that the answer is yogurt. Oh, there's more food stuff. It's like a culinary delight. (laughs) Basically, you're a dip at that point. Squeeze a lemon. Yeah, get some corn chips. I don't think lemon. I think lemon. Oh, yeah, maybe lemon. No, no, just just yogurt and corn chips. (laughs) Talking of yogurt, also. (laughs) No. If you're using yogurt to treat certain Uh sexual health problems, Uh don't use strawberry yogurt. No. Don't use anything with any extra fruit fruit. or sugar or bits in it. No No matter how uh, desperate you are. (laughs) Acidophilus uh, Greek is the way to go, I think. Any other? I use the term "how embarrassments." Did who's the doll? Any other Dolly fans? Dolly magazine fans who noticed that? Yeah. My absolute favourite thing really, to read yeah. is "how embarrassments." I never bought the grammatically correct. I don't think so. No. It's not right. It's just its own so. sort of thing. No, no I thought it's about hydroslides, like going down a hydroslide yeah, in front of your crush, pooing yourself, oh, yeah. or your tampon <laughs> coming out, or your pad floating away. It's like, who are these kids that are just always at the yeah. pools? <laughs> I think made up now, but. I have an embarrassing story, which isn't about, like, during sex, but it's about when I just, you know, had this big empowerment, I'm going to go and get myself all checked out and get, you know, get get all my all my, all my shit together. And it was the first time I'd had a smear test in my whole life. Freaking out, dying, kind of laughing, pant, you know, Donald Ducking it on the, <laughs> on the bed, like, just so mortified to be existing. And the lady, like, the lady, the nurse, the doctor... <laughs> The health no, practitioner could have been any gender. Went and got the um, the thingies, the horrible machine, <laughs> and she held up two speculum. She looked at me and she was like, "You've had kids, right?" Oh, <laughs> no! no! And I was just like, "Oh my god, no. what does it look like?" No! Just to be clear, I have not had any children. No. No. Well, she, did she have a she, big speculum she and had a, a little huge speculum. one, like a big, like, <laughs> like a goose, as opposed to a duck? <laughs> yeah, oh and then this God. tiny little like starter kit, <laughs> and she was going for the steampunk like thing, and I was just like, please, no, please, not that one. <laughs> oh, oh my God! It was so funny. A medical professional 
cocked her head and kind of looked. It was just like, I genuinely don't know. And I was like, this is amazing. Do you think, I want to think that she, because I, you know, if you, your job is to do smear tests day after day after day, you might not, they might not be your favourite gig, yeah, right? Sure. Do you think she was just amusing herself? <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> That's not a nice way to amuse complex yourself. for a long time. But then I'm like, when I have kids, no surprises. So. <laughs> your kids are just like, <laughs> yeah, just, shoot them out. It'll be like a water slide. <laughs> Oh, thank you for sharing that. Oh, that's all right. There's <laughs> nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Leon, have you got anything to follow those? It's hard. Don't. Yeah. I don't think that good. Yeah, more on the lines of the scarring rather yeah. than the hilarious. Which is legit. And you said in your emails that, um, you know, if, the, if you could stop one girl from tying... Sex, like her early sexual experience isn't so tightly with her self-esteem and having sex with some douchebag who doesn't deserve to be having sex with her, yeah. that would be great. So you could talk to that girl now. Like, what What, do you, what do you, would you say? Or to I like would just say you? just lock yourself in your room or find a sound lounger <laughs> <laughs> and figure that shit out on your own first. Mm. And honestly, if you don't like the dude as a person don't let his penis anywhere near you. Like, it just seems so obvious now, but it's like the number of dudes I did not like, did not even want to spend time with, Mm. that I was all like, I'm fine with us doing that because that makes me feel good for approximately five seconds, you know? Like, Mm. that sort of search for, like, a a legitimate sort of, uh, well, feeling legitimate, but it just doesn't last for very long. You just kind of feel like... I mean, I don't, I don't like sort of to necessarily think of being easy or whatever as a bad thing because it is empowering when you know how to have a great sex life on your own terms and you can sleep with as many people as you want um, within that. But it's like the idea of sleeping with lots of people just because they want to they want to sleep with you is not awesome. Yeah, mm. and that's a totally different thing. And that is just totally where I was at for such a long time. Sorry, Mum. Um, but, yeah, and it's, it's shitty. Yeah. It's really shitty. And it kind of undermines you further. So you almost yeah. it's like a weird cycle where you probably seek it out more because you're undermining your self-worth yeah. more the whole time. Yeah. You, and you're also just sort of hyping it at the end of it. <laughs> They'll go, cool, I just think you're the coolest person I've ever met. Do you want to go out? And they don't. Like, mm. you know, of course they don't. You're sleeping with someone you don't like. They're, they're you know... They're not going to like you back and all of a sudden be this amazing person. Mm. They're going to say that for someone else yeah. with a little bit less self-loathing. Mm. So are there any other things that anyone else wishes they'd known, aside from cayenne pepper or mm. yeah. fruity yogurt? <laughs> I think I've gotten very comfortable with like not buying so much into the... <laughs> Like, you don't need to be wearing, like, a silk corset and, like, arseless chaps kind of thing. You know, like... (laughs) I remember being very hung up on, like, the aesthetic, I suppose, of sex and that it had to... Everything had to be perfect, you know, like, everything. It had to look like a romance novel and all of that. And I'm just like, you'd be lucky. You know, (laughs) you'd be lucky if I'm in a (laughs) T-shirt. Yeah, and I guess that sort of comes down to, like... 
it's what you see in the movies and all that kind of stuff of like shaping your expectation of what it's actually like. I thought I'd be having a lot more sex like against walls <laughs> based on the films. The upper body strength of standing up, films. standing yeah. up, amazing. Also, yeah. they're all the same height because I can't do standing up sex. Can anyone? Does but, anyone? Oh, do it, I think it was just me because no, I'm so short. I don't so think short. anyone is doing it apart from Ryan Gosling so and Rachel McAdams in the notebook. It's a thigh burn for a dude to get to my height <laughs> and maintain that. Yeah, the same. I'm very short. What, are there any other hilarious things you learned in movies that... Um, that you can't do in real life? Or that just we just like messed with your idea of mm. sex a little bit? Or I'm sure there's... A complete lack of foreplay oh, in yeah. mo- all of the iconic yeah. sex scenes. It's just like, kiss, blah, and then it's happening. Yeah. And you're like, whew. I think I Ooh. thought from based on dirty dancing that there'd be a lot more dancing and sex. <laughs> Just like I foreplay, foreplay I assumed right. consisted of some dancing. Yeah, right. <laughs> some sexy dancing like that was how you got into the mood. They can. I mean, absolutely, yeah. especially with you know a young Patrick Swayze. I'm totally here for that. Yeah. I imagine it works for anyone. <laughs> But I just genuinely thought, because it's such a good idea, I thought more people would do it. Yeah. Like, I thought more guys would be like, I'm just going to put some music on and mm. let's do some sexy dancing. Mm. And then I feel like I waited a really long time before right. someone actually sexy danced with me. Yeah. Not just sort of like ground up behind me in yeah. like a club, but like an actual person that you're actually vibing with, actually yeah. grabbing you around the waist and dancing with you. I had to wait a really long time for that. <laughs> And you suddenly realise what dancing is all about, don't you? Because you're aware of all the contact along the body. Yeah. Of, and it's total foreplay. Which is why I kind of feel like our sort of parents and grandparents' generation mm-hmm. had it quite good because yeah. dancers were mm-hmm. such a thing and there was no, there was nothing slutty or whatever perceived to be slutty about having multiple dance partners. You had a dance card, someone that you might vibe with or that you might just be being polite to mm-hmm. would be on your dance card and you would. Yeah. You would get to press your entire body against them in front of all of your family and, and peers, them. and it would be a totally... You get to smell them, you get to smell their breath, you get to know what their hand feels like on the small of your back exactly. and your shoulder. But probably you also had to dance with people you didn't like on that's, your dance card. That's true. And a lot sure. of those women did not know But it was only dancing. Yeah, whole lives. That's true. <laughs> How long's a straight off? It's all right. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, because I hadn't thought about this previously, but from movie sex, I, I have just realised that a lot of the time women... Are coming from penetration alone. Yeah. Hey, like, do you don't often yeah. see yeah, like yeah. someone touching yeah. themselves or someone That's touching right. someone else to help yeah. get them yeah. off. Yeah. It takes like a minute as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like there was no foreplay. There was penetration in thirty seconds. And later, it's simultaneous. Mm, and it's yeah. oh, somewhat, that is, I think, the biggest movie myth. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it can happen, but it's not. Often and it's not even desirable. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't have to be the goal. Don't see Wouldn't it be that... refreshing to see in a movie like, oh, I just came and now let's make. But then yeah, that's too long because yeah. in a regular yeah, movie you don't want to. It's like a pacing problem. <laughs> like, if you spend so long on foreplay, everyone will get bored. <laughs> so the weird thing for me because I'm older is that you didn't really start seeing any sex bedroom scenes rather than sex scenes on television until I had been doing the sex thing for decades. And I suddenly thought, fuck, have I been doing this wrong? Because in American TV shows where they show two people who are just post coitus, they all immediately get up and go for a wash. And I, I suddenly went, 
is that what you, I didn't know you were supposed to do that. Are you supposed to go and clean? Because I like to loll about and wait for my cheese on toast. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so it, it, was, it was like, am I being instructed to um, improve my personal hygiene? Right. Like everybody goes and has a shower. But Americans are kind of weird like that as well with the douching and the they're kind of quite... Yeah, all the oh, tampons yeah. are the ones with the cardboard. Yeah, they can't touch, can't touch your vagina, can't touch your vulva. Yeah. Should we talk about how we feel now in terms of like where you sit within knowing yourself and what you want and your ability to ask for that, that kind of thing? Yeah. I'm, I, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I really love sex. I love it heaps. And uh, I've been in a... Monogamous relationship for eighteen years, and it's delightful. That's good. I love hearing. I mean, anyone in a relationship that's less than that loves hearing that. I think that yeah. sex can get better or yeah, be I think great it does. Then. I think you know there are um, new phases in your life where sex just gets better as you get older. So um, I stopped being. I had. Uh, a hysterectomy when I was in my early 40s, 41. And so, and th- I found that incredibly liberating, that there was absolutely no chance that I was going to I've get pregnant. I've heard that. I've heard that it's quite, can be quite a, yeah. a hot thing. Yeah, and I think that the more comfortable women feel about who they are and their place in the world, the more they love sex. Because, I mean, I, I'm sort of I'm uncompromising about my own pleasure and... Yeah, all of those things get, sex just gets better and better, I think. What I wonder about is like, until I started making this podcast, assumed that as you get older, your body image must like get weird as your body like, you know, slowly disintegrates. (laughs) (laughs) And that that would affect that. Like, because it doesn't, I don't think it affects sex. I think it affects how I feel when I'm going out for dinner or standing on a stage in front of people, but it doesn't affect how I feel about sex because sex isn't how you look. But, yeah, that's what I eventually came to. I was like, is sex quite a visual thing when you're younger? Whereas as you get older, because this is how I'm feeling, it's more about the feeling of you and me together. It's more like a... I think so. And I think, yeah, your body possibly gets even better at um, giving and receiving pleasure. Mm. You're like a pleasure machine. Oh, <laughs> I'm frightening. <laughs> frightening. Yeah. Uh, look at it. Look at it. Yeah, no, it's great. But I do think that sort of having of pleasure or taking of pleasure is, it sort of works, it feels like it works like muscle memory. Like you get better at it and you get better at knowing how to create it as you get older. With practice, like anything, you get better with practice. And so how you look doesn't really come into it, especially if you're with someone that you trust. Mm. I mean, it's not news. I don't think that women are more comfortable in bed when they have an emotional connection with the person that they're sleeping with. That's my generalisation, but it seems like it probably bears out. And so obviously that comes with time. And then the actual achieving of pleasure comes with practice. So I'm, I am just assuming by the time I'm 60, I'm just going to be a fucking sex machine. <laughs> like, you know? Like, I feel like I've got to a really good place now. I think I'm really good at sex. Like, I have this real, like, yeah, I'm quite good at that. <laughs> um, but I, I genuinely feel like it's going to get better. Yeah, that's what we're being told. 
Yeah. It's very reassuring. Yeah. And I also, I kick really hard against the, that. Um, oh, yeah, I do that too. Sure. And the swing. I kick against the wall and I'm back. Um, the vision that we have that men, especially husbands or men in long-term relationships, want sex and women resist. Women don't, yeah. don't put out. Women are, oh, I'm tired. I've got a headache. Yeah, punish and reward with it. Yeah, and use it as a weapon or, a, yeah, punishment and reward. But I, from all the conversations I have with my friends who are of a similar age, um, we're so into it. And, yeah. How about you, Alex? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've, like, chilled out a lot. I think I've been, I'm a lot more open now to just, like, laughing if things don't work out or like you try something sexy and it ends up weird and you're like what am I doing this is just because it's all sort of a mess you know so it's fine I think also like being in a long-term relationship you know that sort of changes things but like having two cats jump on the bed you know halfway through like that's hilarious and like I feel comfortable being like that's funny we actually need to stop and laugh at that for just five minutes like that's okay (laughs) and yeah just sort of seeing it as like not something has to be this sort of perfect ethereal every time sort of thing is especially I think if you know the person for a long time is something you're on a journey together and that will have like weird parts and funny parts and great parts but like it doesn't always have to be super perfect and don't beat yourself up if it's not. That was like a big thing. I was like, oh my God, I'm so bad at this. I'm never going to do it again. Mm. But it's actually fine. And if you're doing badly, the cats will just interrupt you and be like, <laughs> get out Stop of here. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny side of sex, I think, is one we also never see because I feel like a lot of people probably, like I'm with you, there's lots of laughing and sexy times and sexy times mm. gone wrong. Like that's, that's a great part of bonding through, through that stuff. Mm. Is there anything anyone wanted to say that they didn't get to? <laughs> now you probably all just said actually more than you ever expect, ever thought to say. <laughs> Have I done to you what I did to Michelle, where she just started? <laughs> yeah, there's some things that are not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah. didn't plan on announcing how great I am at sex, but here I'm so pleased. I'm did. so pleased too. No, it's great. An enormous so vagina. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> my cavernous. <laughs> I reckon you were being messed with I'm sure of (laughs) that bitch Okay, thank you so much for joining me In the sexy RNZ cave I appreciate it Thank you so much Alex, Michelle and Leone For being brave enough to talk so openly with me regular Bang listeners will know that a good number of the interviews we do for the podcast are anonymous and it requires extra bravery to talk about this stuff with your name attached. You can almost certainly find On The Rag wherever you find Bang. In fact, when you go to the Bang page in Apple Podcasts, there's usually a recommendation sitting underneath. You know, if you like that, you'll probably like this. And On The Rag is almost always there, along with a bunch of other great podcast series from RNZ. In episode two of Bang, we follow Ollie on his quest to get a date, plus hear some other lesser-heard dating stories. And how have the rules of courtship changed in the wake of the Me Too movement? That's out on Monday. See you then.